Hi everyone, welcome to episode four of the Woodbiz podcast where we discuss all things woodworking, some behind the scenes about running a successful woodworking business and plenty more. My name is Jared from The Grain Designs and as always, here with me is Dean from Living Timber Co. How are you, Dean? Good, mate. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I, uh, I have to apologise to everyone. My voice is a bit hoarse uh, <laughs> tonight, which is... <laughs> Unfortunately, why we couldn't do the um, podcast episode last night because it was barely there at all. But um, we'll crack on through, and you'll just have to put up with me sounding a li- little bit more manlier tonight. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be right. <laughs> uh, um, so on to today's agenda. We've um, we will be discussing what's the latest in our workshops for the last couple of weeks. Uh, who we're watching at the moment some questions that we've received from listeners on the Instagram page. So now that that's finally been set up, it's a great place to come and ask us some questions. Um, And of course, the main topic of the day, which will be covering our current business goals. So I'm very excited about um, tonight's agenda. It's going to be a bit of a cracker and, you know, particularly things like business goals. That's something I'm very passionate about and um, think that's very important to people who are kind of up and coming. So um, exciting stuff there. Um, Also, just before we get into everything, I want to remind everyone to go and check out that Instagram page that I just mentioned, um, the Woodbiz podcast. And as I said, if you do have any questions that you want answered on the podcast or in general, um, that's the place to to go and hit us up. Um, We'll happily answer all the questions, guys. And if it's a good enough one, we'll definitely chuck it on the podcast. So... um, and then, you know, if you, another big thing as well, guys, if you enjoy this type of content um, on whatever platform you're listening to it on, please give us a, a rating on there. Uh, it really helps us moving forward and um, it'll get us out to, out to other people. So I'm um, really appreciated if you jump on there and give us a quick rating. So, um, but yeah, so I suppose we'll kick it off, mate. Um, what's been going on in the shop since we last spoke? Um. Oh, not a whole lot has changed since we last spoke. It's been a bit of a slow couple of weeks, but um, I suppose the only other different thing that I got at the moment is I'm I'm doing some um, some beer tap sort of handles for Rusty Penny, the the company that we did the brewing company that I did the fit out for recently. So um, we're just doing the final touches for that. So um, that's been fun. I was going to turn these um, tap handles myself, but sort of didn't have the time so I got a, a good mate of mine to do the wood turning side of things for me and then I just did the finishing touches on it but um, yeah so that's sort of been my my main thing in the last week or so um, and then I'm working on these bedside tables that are a mixed species bedside tables which are fun so um, there's about four or five different species in it which is interesting most people usually go the one species in these things so there's been a few complications with it, but I'm getting through them. <laughs> what about you? What are you I've been seen, up to? I've what's, seen those. How's the, the shop going? Oh, mate, it's um, yeah. There, there's definitely been there's been a little bit more workshop progress, which has been nice. I um, I installed the door jam, um, and then we've wrapped the whole space with um a bit of isolation, so a bit of wall wrap. And so as soon as I did that, that's really started to, um, well, take shape of the whole spot and I can visualize kind of where I'm going to start putting things. So it's now starting to finally actually look like a workshop, which is, which is great. 
Um, and then um, after that, I started cladding. Um, I've only cladded one of the walls because it was a bit of a tricky spot to clad because it was up against the um, retaining wall that was only like 15 centimeters away from where the wall was. So putting that up on my own was uh, <laughs> interesting. Um, and then what else have I been doing? So I've ordered some acoustic gyp rock um, and Ooh. also acoustic insulation. Yes. So I didn't realize that you could actually get acoustic gyp rock. That was... Um, no, I've not I just thought you'd just get whatever normal gyp rock there is. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll chuck all that in because obviously my biggest thing is kind of trying to keep the neighbors happy. I'm not that close to them, but um, I want to kind of respect them as much as I can, obviously, and keep the peace there. So I don't want to be pissing them off. So acoustic gyp rock, mm. acoustic insulation. I'm insulating the garage door. Fingers crossed that will be half decent anyway. So. That's what's been happening this week. Um, other than the workshop, though, I've just been—I've got a couple more quotes coming through. I had some entertainment units, console tables, and a dining table package um, that I've sent off a few quotes. Um, and then, other than that, I've just been starting to kind of plan out um, some future product lines that I want to release. So uh, I'm spending a bit more time on those because I want them to be. Um, well, I want them to showcase what the Grain Designs has to offer. Um, and then when I launch the website eventually, um, I'll have a good couple of product lines there to release. So, yeah, in the design phase of that. So it's been been a busy couple of weeks. That's exciting. That's that's. I'm actually pretty stoked to see what sort of lines you come up with. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, um, well, I'll probably, well, I'll probably take some inspiration out of your work actually, mate, but, um, <laughs> no, there, there's, there'll be bits and pieces from kind of different work that I see and just my own, um, kind of thoughts and hopefully that blends into something. There'll be some basic designs as well, but then just some other things that I really like and hopefully others will like and buy. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, nice. Ah, oh, that's cool. I'm stoked for you. Yeah, so, but um, enough about uh, about what we've been doing. So we might, uh, I'm very excited for this topic, so we might we might get into it, is um, our current business goals. Dean, if you wanted to uh, to kick us off, mate. Man, um, I'll tell you what, it's, I don't know, it could be a long one, so I'll try and be as short as I can with it. I don't, <laughs> don't want to, I don't want to rattle everybody's ears off with it. Um I don't know. I got I got quite a few business goals within this business, and then other things that I want to start. But um, I'm I'm sort of starting to delve more into the um, sort of woodworking product side of things. Um, so we're starting to release a few things on the website at the moment, and um, the plan is to have have at least a dozen products by the end of the year on the website. Um, so I'm sort of trialing out a few things that I've been working with the past sort of six to 12 months and um, I'm talking to a few of those companies and trying to get um, them to let us become a stockist so that then eventually we can open that side of things up, um, which I think will be interesting. So at the moment, that's ah. that's my biggest business goal. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's cool, man. That's like, okay, so a lot of different products. Is that things like, I know that you, um, obviously, I think the ice epoxy, is it? The, um, 
resin that you you stock it is that like the type of products that you're thinking about like stocking and then you know kind of reselling is that what you is that what you're saying yeah virtually yeah so when it comes to like isopoxy sort of one of them um but with i'm sort of even we've got the 3m extract sanding discs at the moment that's that's one small product and it's going to be ranging from um uh, adhesives, um, sealants, like anything to do with um, finishing products and then hardware as well. So um, I posted up a thing today about the threaded inserts that I use. I've had a few people that are interested in it, so I figured I might as well start chatting about them. And if people are interested, then I can set them up on the website and they can buy them in smaller lots. Because at the moment, I had a look. Um, the company I get them from, in order to get them for the price that I'm buying them for, I've got to buy 10,000 like units at a time. And a lot of people aren't going to be buying 10,000 units. Um, so I figured if I do that, <laughs> buy a bunch of them, then I can sort of separate them into like lots of 10 or 50 or 100 or whatever people want to buy sort of thing. Um, and just little things like that, really, so that then that way I can eventually be the sort of one-stop shop for woodworking when it comes to... Um, not only the material side of things with the timber, um, dimensional lumber and slabs, but then the whole side of things where it is for um, finishing, sanding, uh, hardware, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Wow, that's cool, man. That's, um, yeah, I'm excited for you. <laughs> yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, but at the same time, um, it, it's a it's there's a lot of outlay with those sort of things as well so um it it'll be good but i don't want to go too hardcore in it like i'm not going to be doing too much stuff like for instance clamps and all that sort of thing i probably won't go much into that and i'm not going to dive into machinery mm. and and hand tools and anything like that it's more it's more just the necessary things to make the products i suppose like clamps will probably be one of mm. them but um, I'm sort of in two minds of, I'd really like to get, say, a cheaper version of what I use, but then I don't want to cheap out sort of thing in a sense for, um, when people are purchasing them, you, they, you want them to be long-term. So I'm sort mm. of thinking more of like a higher-end woodworking products, I suppose you could say. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Um, like so like mainly like just, just accept... Mm. Ah yes, yep, 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 yeah, yeah. And then like uh, I suppose like more your all your accessories and things like that is that yeah, all those types yeah. of lines. Oh, interesting. I like it. I like it. Well, I've probably got a bit of a um, uh, different response to how I'll attack my current business goals, but um, <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot of little ones all broken up in there. But um, yeah, I, I suppose when it comes to current business goals, I, I'm constantly um, going over different business goals and reassessing kind of every kind of six to 12 months. Um, I'm very lucky as my partner is a business coach. So she's kind of given me a great platform and, and tips regarding goal setting and kind of how to attack them efficiently. So not that there's, you know, inefficient ways to set goals. Anyone can set goals however they like, but she's really kind of put me on a, on a good path. And um, what she kind of taught me was I generally 
break my goals down into three different sections. So it'll be a zero to 12 month set of goals, and then there'll be a one to five years um, set of goals, and then a five plus year set of goals. So these things are all subject to change, but it just gets your mind thinking in a certain way and um, it gets you imagining certain things and then it gets those zero to 12 month goals, uh, you know, kind of ticking along and becoming a lot more achievable and exciting when you think about where it can lead you to. So um, it's, yeah, it's just a good way to kind of get inspired and clear on what you want. Um, So for example, like I'll, I'll kind of go over at the moment what my, what some of my current zero to 12 month um, goals are and so there's just a list of them so i want to this year i want to launch a website um as you were kind of saying in previous episodes that's just it's just got to be done it's highly important and uh, but at the same time i don't want to rush it i just want to get it right and have some product lines there so i want to make sure that's all all going so that was another one is obviously launching a few different product lines so i've started to rattle off some of those but um Another one is start a YouTube account. Um, that's one that that excites yeah, me. That that's one, one that I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to get that going um, just for a bit of diversity within um, everything woodworking and potential future income streams, etc. So, um, but also I just want to enjoy enjoy that space. It just looks like fun, and I I enjoy. Um, creating footage and things like that so that should be fun um another one is purchasing some further machinery so aka i have to get a jointer bandsaw and i don't have a track saw yet so weirdly enough don't have a track saw so and then some further dust collection items those are on the purchase list uh coming up soon um another one is beginning making sketchup part of my process for every quote so for some of them i really don't need it at all because some of the designs that i put out there are quite basic at the moment um and i'm happy with having those out there because i just think they look great but i want to force myself to keep using this platform because i want to get a lot i want to get more knowledge in that space and i think it'll help me in you know a couple of years time particularly or just you know in time um, when i start making harder things and i really do need to start using that platform to make sure that I'm not wasting materials and things like that in the future. And then it also just looks a lot more professional when you're quoting. You can kind of give them a rough um, go on SketchUp showing this is what it's going to look like, blah, blah, blah. And I think it just makes your whole setup look a lot more professional. So that's another one. SketchUp's Um, one thing that I I have wanted to get onto, but it's just, it's, it's something I haven't been able to wrap my head around enough to sort of, uh, learn i suppose yeah <laughs> yeah I've, I've tinkered with it a little bit um and yeah i'm rubbish so <laughs> it things i am useless but you just got to keep trying keep putting yourself out there and keep having a crack and but yeah i suppose for someone like you that's already well and truly into your running your business and your you you know time is your your biggest thing um it would be hard to to get started into it, I suppose you'd really have to try and um, try and get it in that block schedule that I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, no. I, I, so that's that's another goal. Just trying to make that part of um, part of what I'm doing. Um, the other one was 
starting a market stall. So I've um, recently moved up to, yeah, I've recently moved up to the uh, lower mountains, the Blue Mountains, and um, they do a great little market stall at Glenbrook. And I think um, it'd be a good little place just to kind of get your name out in the local community and um, you know, like I, I'm even interested in things, generalized things like cutting boards and edge grain cutting boards and just grazing boards as well. I want to have those kind of things accessible in my product lines, not just furniture pieces. So particularly working out mm-hmm. of a, you know, um, just a kind of an oversized garage, I think that could have some potential there whilst I'm at this stage. So um yeah yeah and then so obviously with that market stores would be great um and then just get your name out there of course so um that's another one for the year we'll see if that actually happens or not but um yeah and then the last one that i've got on this list there is more but um i wanted to hit seventy five thousand followers on instagram um Ooh. and then also grow some other yeah, I mean, I don't really care for the numbers, to be honest, but it's just more of a, because I'm competitive by nature, I, if I, you know, actually say to myself a certain number, I'll try and hit it. So it just brings yeah. out my competitiveness and I'm happy to compete against myself. So, um, and then um, also growing the other social media platforms. So things like TikTok, I've, I've started an account there, but I haven't really given it much focus yet. And that's the space that I want to, focus more time on and then um, also Facebook just in general start getting that um, page going and just with the the thinking that of building a base of everything as I'm starting to push product lines and the website out there so um, I just want to kind of saturate those as much as I can and enjoy those spaces I don't want it to be too worky when I'm on there I just want to try and build them organically and and see how we go so but yeah, so like that's it. the that's the zero to idea. twelve month girls. So I'm thinking um, that's a awesome. They're fantastic goals. Um, a lot of that stuff are things that I was sort of planning on doing myself within my longer term goals because I've got a similar sort of thing where it is. Um, I've got always every every six months or so I'll I'll rewrite a business plan. Um, that will go for 12 months, three years, five years, and 10. Um, and then obviously the same, what you were saying, it's, it's going to change over time, but it's, it's something to sort of have in the future to sort of almost manifest. So it's in the back of your head all the time and you're slowly progressing towards those goals. So, um, a lot of my longer term goals are almost identical to what you've just mentioned as well. Um, a couple of those things that you mentioned there, I've already tried out and they weren't really for me too much. But um, like, for instance, the market stall thing, I did that for a little while and I just couldn't, I, I don't know, there was something about it that I couldn't do. But I loved the whole <laughs> setting up and chatting to people. But um, long term, it wasn't something for me. <laughs> but it was great to get my name out there at the beginning. So, yeah. Mm. Oh man, and like I told like that that I've kind of pre-thought that about market stalls as, as well. I don't, I really don't think it's a, a business model moving forward, and certainly wouldn't. I don't think that would be in my. It's not even in my one to five year plan to be honest. I might still be doing it in the one year to two year time, but um, it is more just of a whilst I'm 
getting clear on where I want to go. And um, yeah, like especially if you've got excess cutting boards and just little decor pieces that I sometimes do, I just think that could be a good little segue into people buying locally and then maybe, oh, actually he does dining tables too. Maybe I want one of those. And then it just kind of, you know, evolves into that for me. And then, uh, you know, when that's kicked off enough, it'll be enough of the market stalls, I think. <laughs> but yeah, that's just no, me that, yeah, kind of envisioning yeah, what that's, might that's, happen. So. Yeah, that that's almost exactly what my sort of vision was when I first did it. And all, all I was doing was bringing small bits and pieces, but then I would have an, an album there of um, photos of my pieces that are a lot larger than I do. And then people started to go, oh, you can do the dining table, you can do the entertainment units and all that. Mm. And then I went, right, now I've locked in that sort of people and they're starting to buy the bigger items. I don't need to do the stall anymore. And, and it, it, to be honest, it did work well at the beginning. It was great. But you just had to deal with those people that were nitpicky about the four coasters that they bought for 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it will test my patience. <laughs> ah, very good. It would be a build, a good build-up into some real clientele. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Um, well, yeah, and then I think I, yeah, I, I do have the one to five year kind of goals and the five plus year goals and um, I won't really run into those because I think we've, I've covered enough with the, the zero to 12 months, but it's good when you do have those one to five and five plus year goals because yeah, not that I've really had to think about them too much before. I'm, I'm still, as as we've already discussed previously, I'm quite new um, into the world of woodworking, but um, it's applicable to anything that anyone does having, having goals like this. And if you can, if you can see a vision, if you can, so for instance, one bigger vision of mine is to have a huge industrial space where it's a multifaceted type joint, so it's not just. So I'll be doing woodworking there. There might be a little garage type setup attached to it somewhere where I can do film all my YouTubes and still, you know, um, show people that you can work out of a garage and make things work that way. And then I might have um, some sort of uh, cafe at the front that uh, maybe a partner or whatever can work in. There might be a little gym out the back there. Um, you could have some sort of uh, photo area um, where you can get all your pieces shot and other people can use it as well. So just a big kind of maker's space is what I'm envisioning. So it all makes sense in my head, but um, <laughs> trying to talk about it is quite funny. But uh, yeah, so when I think yeah. about things like that, um, yeah, it makes these zero to 12 month goals come alive in my mind and make me focus on those so I can get to those bigger goals. Oh yeah, that's that's I love that. And it's I'm it's funny you say that cuz one of my big goals is to have something similar where we have a large showroom at the front with a cafe in it and then at the back we've got a large manufacturing sort of area with a small studio for recording mm. and um a bit of a maker space sort of thing in there somewhere for other people to come and uh, use the area and some of the tools and stuff like that. That's that's been a big goal of mine for the past few years. Um and it, it's somewhere where, I, like, this big space that I'm in now is what originally that was going to be. But then my business plan changed to a few other things. And, um, yeah, so it's changed mm. a little bit. But 
it's awesome to hear that you've got very similar sort of goals set up there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's funny. I, I, love, I, love, <laughs> I love that we're a little bit like-minded in that sense. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, I, I think we picked that up pretty quickly, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, okay. Oh, very good. So, I suppose, um, guys, if you're... Guys and girls, I shouldn't keep saying guys. Um, we, if you've got some ideas on on goal setting or you have any questions, jump over and, and ask away. But it's something that I highly recommend. Um, you know the the up and coming woodworker, but then of course the seasoned woodworker as well that um, is trying to grow their business or just get their business more efficient is get your goals sorted because it's such an important area. And if you just idling within your business um, and you're not really too goal oriented it'll just catch you up and then the the general market will swallow you so um, always really good to to keep your goal setting um, fresh and and keep looking at it because it's also very motivating and it'll keep you going so um, but that's my my spin on that anything else you wanted to to go over with the topic dean um, I just wanted to say, yeah, just a little side note to put on there is um, I, I like whether or not people want to look into it or not, but um, manifestation is a, is a huge part of what, what I do with my business and anything that I'm sort of trying to grow, um, which is pretty much you're just manifesting in your own mind what you're wanting your goals to be, like what, what you want your business to be and your long-term sort of goals and stuff like that. And, and like I'm a big believer of if you can envision it and feel it, then it can become what you want it to become. Um, and that's that's been a huge part of how I've scaled my businesses uh, over the past 15 years of doing it um, is envisioning it before I even start doing anything um, and then noting down what that vision was and then having small goals. What can we do today to work towards that one end goal sort of thing? And it, it's... Yeah, that's sort of my little two cents there on the end of that. That um, yeah, I think I think if people are interested, research into manifestation, and it's a very interesting subject. It's a little bit wacky and weird to some people, but man, I tell you, it, <laughs> it bloody works. So. <laughs> oh, my partner's gonna love you. <laughs> she <laughs> loves the manifestation side of things, and she's taught me so much about about all that side and. Um, yeah, I'd have to 100% agree with what you said there. So, highly, mm. highly recommend that everyone. Um, but uh, so, I suppose we'll kick on to the next segment. So, Dean, have you been watching anyone in the past couple of weeks? Have you had time? Um, I, I haven't had a lot of time, but um, there was one thing that um, I have been looking up recently um and that is um there's a creator called peter mckinnon he's a i don't know whether you've heard of him he's a he's big in on youtube but he's a um creator in like the the film and photography sort of space um he had a video up um last week called your phone is your enemy and um essentially it was all about uh, minimizing minimalizing your um phone um what's this like the screen when you first open your phone when you've got all those apps that look so exciting and you're wanting to click on every single one to check all your notifications and do all that sort of stuff it sort of it it draws all that it, you're utilizing all your dopamine um and then it's lacking your creativity so then you you're using app, like you've only got so much dopamine to use within a day 
um, and your phone is something that draws a lot of that. And then um, I, w- I personally was finding that um, my phone was causing me to uh, lack in the business because all I'm doing is sitting there scrolling one after another. And then I saw this video last week after I've been doing this big dopamine detox for the past um, five weeks and it just made sense. So um, um, I did what Peter McKinnon recommended in his video that he was um, um, showing everybody and um, I've changed my phone screen. Jared, you won't be able to see it, but um, the listeners still can if they do check out any of the um, <laughs> video recordings that we'll have up soon. Um, and all it is is literally blank screen and then down the bottom, instead of having your phone, email, messages and all that, you've just got one little tiny um, folder and it's got uh, nine apps that you use and that's it. So every single other app is gone wow. off the phone. Yeah, and man, I tell you what, Whoa, since I've really done like it... So that. Yeah, man, and and I tell you what, it it's it's been a game changer. So I watched his video within the hour that it came out because I love watching Peter McKinnon's stuff because he's always interesting and he's a bit of an inspiration when it comes to the way that he films things. Um, and I saw this and I man, I'm gonna change my screen up now. So I did it there and then on the spot, changed everything up. And <laughs> since then, man, I like I don't. I found that I don't actually click on my phone to open it just to look at the apps and see what's there. Like I, I'm, it's almost mm. non-existent now. If people call me, I answer it. If people message me, I answer it. That's it. I'm not sitting there clicking on apps that have got notifications on there. They're all the apps are still there. They're just in the background. So if I need something, all I do is just search for it instead of have it sitting there mm. with ten different pages of all these different apps. So yeah, Peter McKinnon is my recommendation if anyone else is wanting to watch that that was a really good watch it was only like a maybe six or eight minute video but it was bloody awesome yeah oh i really well, mate I'm, and, i'll be watching that I've, I've typed it in the notes already <laughs> oh i yeah, do it man no, i tell you it's, it's, that sounds really good it's brilliant yeah and he's actually really good with his youtube stuff so um considering that we're both sort of wanting to get into youtube a bit more now um He's got a lot of cool stuff to do with YouTube, which is which is awesome. So, because he's got I don't know what he's got four million followers or something like that on YouTube now. So, um, he's quite big yeah. up in there. But but then um, the other thing that I was actually going to mention was um, 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 Fix It Fingers on Instagram. Uh, I, I want to say yep. James yep. is I his name. Him. Sorry yep. if it's yeah. Sorry if it's not. But I'm fairly certain it is James. Um, he mentioned Bo Miles. On the account, he was, yep. Yeah, and man, Bo Miles, I tell you what, he. So I've been watching Bo for the last, I don't know, year and a bit. That guy is incredible. He's a. Like, he's an Aussie bloke. He's, I think he's down somewhere near Canberra or something like that. He's, he's I think he's in New South Wales here. Um, and he's a bit of a maker in a sense of he, he, he builds pretty much everything and anything out of whatever materials he's got on hand or whatever materials he finds. He's very much about utilizing um, um, the materials around him instead of um, throwing them or, or, or getting rid of them in the, in the tip or whatever it is. Um, and he's, be- he's become quite big on YouTube, um, but just the way that he tells his stories on YouTube, like, 
I can sit there for hours on end and just watch his videos, man. It's it's it. They're honestly incredible, and half the time it's it's stupid shit. Like one of the videos I watched went for like thirty minutes, and all it was was him tearing down a house, collecting the timber from it. But the way that he told the story was just yeah. incredible. Yeah. So he's a big one. That yes, I it definitely, definitely has its advantages if well. you can. Mm, well, yeah, like it certainly has its advantages if you can um, be a good storyteller. That's for sure. I'll, well, yeah, I did. Yeah, I've seen that notification as well on the page. I'll definitely be looking. I searched Bo Miles on Instagram, and I think I've got the right account. Uh, but I'll need to give him a give him a watch on YouTube. That'll be on my to do list um, this fortnight. That's for sure. Um, I uh, I I've got a couple as well. Actually, I got. Um, I've been watching a bit of the Wood Whisperer. Um, oh, yes. on YouTube, so he, yes, he's, he's a, oh, I watch all of his stuff mostly, um, but um, he recently released the video on shop layout, so, and obviously because I'm just putting the workshop together, it's something that's kind of in the back of my mind how it's all going to be laid out in there, and um, he just, yeah, his latest video, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but if you um, just YouTube his page, you'll see it's one of the recent videos. And um, he just gives some handy tips on on placement of the pieces and what to think about regarding workflow. Um, you know, everyone's workflow probably looks different depending on what you make, sort of thing. But um, he just makes some some good points in there, and um, so that was a really good one. Um, also, another one I was searching for some inspiration at the time, and um, there's a bloke called Chris Devo. So from I think it's Devos Woodcraft. I've probably said that wrong, but D-E-V-O-S Woodcraft on YouTube. Um, and it's essentially this guy he makes, um, he started off in a single car garage only like a year and a half, two years ago. Makes these incredible cutting boards and um, makes a lot of similar cutting boards, but he's, he's just, the way in which he does it and films his videos, he basically shows every single stage and it shows him just, it's like the production line within a single car garage. Um, where he just pumps out these cutting boards. And then after about a year's time, he's just done so well doing it and it's his YouTube page has really helped him out that um, he's gone into this massive kind of, well, not massive, it's quite a big industrial size workshop now where he's doing the same cutting boards and different variations of it, blah, 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 but highly inspiring, like just <laughs> seeing how he's kind of built where he's come to and um, just showing that the quality of the product, if you can nail that, then you can just absolutely smash it out of the park. So, um, his videos are really motivating. If anyone wants to <laughs> get a kick up the guts for some motivation and, and get into smashing their woodworking career, then he's a, he's a great one to watch. So, um, yeah, those are, those are the two that I've been watching, um, the yeah, past nice. fortnight. I, I just... I just looked him up on YouTube and subscribed. I've actually seen his stuff before in the past. Um, I, I remember these mm. types of chopping boards and these this mass sort of production sort of things, but I'd I'd never found him on um, on YouTube until yeah until you just mentioned it now. And and I wondered who he was when I saw those videos. I see him every now and then pop up, and I'm like, oh man, this guy's cool. But it's always mm. been on like 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 one of those sort of. Um, woodworking pages that are a bit of a rort that are on Instagram and stuff like that that just steal everyone's content. That's where I've sort of seen his stuff. Um, but yeah, that's cool. He, uh, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. I subscribe now so I can watch him later. 
Yeah, man, they're addictive, and he does long videos too, so you really get sucked in. But um, <laughs> it's um, it, it, it's good. I highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, so moving on, we um, we had some uh, we actually had some questions um in this past Ooh. fortnight because we've got the page there now. So I think um, a couple of them are really targeted you, you Dean, because they're to do with vanities, but um. We had oh, okay. Hillside Woodworks um, ask, what finish would you use on a timber vanity? And I'll probably just kick you, kick it over to you, Dean, on this one. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right, so what I would do is, well, what I do do on all of my vanities is I actually use a two-pack polyurethane. Um it's a commercial grade. It's um, I think it's five percent UV, um, um, whatever it is that's within it. I'm trying to think of the word. Anyways, so it's non-yellowing. It's it's got a the the UV stabilizer that's in it. It's a non-yellowing yellowing agent, so you don't get that ambering over the over time sort of thing. Um, so you get a more natural timber look. Um, I purchased that from sure and, and Williams but they're like you've got to have an account with those guys and you've got to buy like 20 liters at a time um, so with that it's a sealant coat and a top coat um, and being a two-pack they're a hardener base so I think the sealant coat is about a three to one and then the top coats I think a five to one or something like that ratio um, and mm. I spray that on and and that's the that is personally what I think the best product to use on a vanity is mainly because you can seal the timber all round and know that it's not going to be able to breathe and it's not going to open up and crack and split and all that sort of stuff because um, you can seal the end grain really well with it as long as when you're building your vanity mm. um, you're building it in sections and then spraying those sections and then assembling it all together um, what a lot of people do wrong that I've found is they're actually building these vanities raw as a whole, sticking it all together and then spraying it all afterwards where you, you're only sealing one side essentially. Yeah, the, the other sides are covered mm. by melamine or whatever your internals are, but you've still got room for the timber to be breathing on one side and then you've cut it off on the other side. So you're going to have cupping and warping and twisting. So... Um, but without going into too much more detail, that's what I would use as a two-pack polyurethane. Um, some guys use uh, hard wax oils. I personally don't, not for vanities. Um, not that they wouldn't be good, but um, I've just found that the poly is a lot more longer-lasting um, and like it's not a kitchen table, so you're not getting knives and forks and plates and stuff. Um, smashed all over it all the time so it's not like mm. it's going to get dinged up and damaged yeah you're going to have makeup and all that sort of stuff but being a two-pack poly you're going to be able to clean that off pretty easily whereas if you've got something like an osmo or an elco or a rubio or whatever sort of um, hard wax oil that you're putting on there um, it's a little bit more maintenance um, and it's in a high humid area and these days with a lot of houses well here in australia a lot of these new estates that are getting put up these um, bathrooms are completely concealed and you don't have really much ventilation in them at all. So they just sweat like crazy mm. after people have had their showers and then the vanities just covered in dripping condensation. And um, that's where I think that a two-pack poly comes 
very in handy um, over a hard wax oil finish. So hopefully that answers Ooh. that question. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I think oh, I think that's answered it very well. I um no, that's interesting. I'm glad that you mentioned a hard wax oil in there as well because I I would have almost assumed that um that's what a lot of people would have done. But you make such a good point with you know obviously in bathrooms it's just a wet environment and then if ventilation is any kind of an issue that yeah you, you make a good point there so that's very interesting okay all right well i hope that answers your, your question hillside woodworks um we had another one come through from damo Lockie. um he was asking what i did for work and at the moment um my old man runs a bathroom renovations business so I'm working with him there. Um, previous to that, I was um, a correctional officer for a few years, and then I was also in insurance, um, in the compensation side of things for a few years. So I'm still pretty green when it comes to to the trade work. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my background and what I'm doing. Um, we had another one come in um, from Damo Lockie as well. He said, can you give us a rundown on how you go about installing a floating vanity? So again, Dean, I think this is this is you, mate. I've, I think I've got yeah. the answer to a couple of these things, but um, I'll, leave, I'll leave this one to you. You're definitely the vanity specialist. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, so there's a few different ways to do it. So um, I used to do a French cleat system where, um, which most most you woodworkers listening will know what a French cleat is. If you don't, just look it up on YouTube. I'm not going to go into that. But anyways, that was that was going to be my French... answer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So yeah. I, I used to use the French cleat system, and it and it is good. I, I would still use it on a lot of smaller vanities, but um, the main reason for that is because you can get your um, French cleat on the wall, level it out perfectly, and then literally hook your vanity on there, and then screw in from the inside of the vanity into your stud work. Um, so essentially mm. the, you can't just actually hook it on and leave it on. It'll just eventually tear the wall off because some of these vanities are like 60 kilos, 80 kilos for these like two meter Ooh. long vanities. Um, which mm. yeah, your French cleat systems are super strong. They're in the stud work. If you're using like big bugle sp screws or something like that straight into the studs, sweet. That's awesome. Um, what I was finding was um, a lot of the installs were going into tiled bathrooms, which are a little bit harder, like already pre-tiled bathrooms, which are a little bit harder to find the stud work in. Um, still doable, but a bit more difficult. So um, what we were doing was pretty much just fixing everywhere sort of thing. So the French cleat really became non-essential in that side of things. So what I'm doing now is I'm just creating large nailer plates on the back of the vanities where you've got a top and bottom nailer plate. Um, they're both about um, 150 to 200 mil wide depending on the vanity. So it virtually covers the entire backing and it's solid hardwood. So mm. I'll mainly use, um, I've got often got a lot of scrap sort of off cuts uh, well i say scrap off cuts but they're still like 1.2 to 1.8 long but um i can use them as the nailer plates and then that way um all you're doing is setting your vanity at the height that you want it to with blocks underneath it and then fixing into the stud work into the wall from the vanity so that then you're not only re um, relying on malamine you're actually going through the malamine carcass into the hardwood then into your um like the hardwood nailer plate and then into your stud work. So that's that's the best way to 
install a floating vanity or even TV unit or virtually anything that's floating, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I like that. I can't, I've never even seen that or heard of that. And that's just so simple and it just... Yeah, mm. you can just picture that working perfectly. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. it, man. It okay. works, does yeah, the job. Answer. So, <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I thought for sure he's just going to say, um, yeah, the the way that I said that you took it on there. But uh, <laughs> no, that's, yeah. um, yeah, there you go. There's experience for you guys. That's awesome. Mm. Um, so, uh, that was, that was the questions that we received. So thank you for those questions, guys. If you've got any more, just send them through. Um, Dino, what's doing outside of the workshop? You got anything for us there? Oh man. Um, I've got a bit going on out of, out of the workshop, but it's all just, um, um, I don't know. It's not really exciting, I guess. Because it's not, there's not a whole lot going on, but the stuff that is going on <laughs> that, isn't yeah. really worth talking about, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, it's definitely like that some weeks, isn't it? So, yes. yeah, yeah. Especially with this bloody rain, it sort of makes it a bit hard to do anything outside of the workshop. It's I'm better off staying in the workshop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree with you there. Yeah, this rain's rubbish at the moment. Um, Speaking of rain, I um I just started. Well, I've planned on doing a uh, charity run in the next month or so. So we haven't actually discussed which me and a couple of couple of mates um we've kind of just been talking. We haven't figured out which charity we're going to do it. But um basically this run's going to be for tw- so it's a twenty four hour thing where you run six well the Nepean River there um in the lower at the foot of the Blue Mountains there's Nepean River and um it has a 6.5 kilometer running track so the 24 hour challenge is to run it once every four hours so that'd be a total of 39 kilometers for the day just spread out um through the day so there won't be any sleep for 24 hours but um yeah, just something that one of my mates come up with and um, we've got to yeah, select the charity there, but I'll be doing that in the next month or so, so that's going to absolutely be horrendous, but uh, hopefully for a good cause in the end. So that's uh, something I was doing. And then um, the other that's thing awesome. that I was going to bring up earlier, yeah, oh yeah, well, it won't be too awesome when I'm doing it, but it, hopefully it's awesome <laughs> result at the end. <laughs> um, I'll certainly be whinging about that one, but um, yeah. Then the other one I was going to bring up was um, we were discussing something that reminded me of this earlier, but um, the I think in the pre it was either in episode three or episode two I can't remember now, but we were talking about um, really good books to read, and you mentioned the Think and Grow Rich um, book. I've already started it. I'm three episodes, sorry, three chapters in, and I'm hooked. It's I can see why it's your um, favorite read slash listen because it's freaking awesome man isn't it and it's a game changer man that's that's a book that i can reread as soon as i put it back down and it's 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 honestly incredible when it comes to uh, it's 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 i think a viable part of having uh when when running a business you need you need that book (laughs) that's what i'm saying (laughs) 
Oh, I'm like, as I said, I'm only up to chapter three at the moment, but um, the point, like, it's one of those books that you really got to listen to um, properly. I think you were saying that the other week. Um, that yeah, you can't just kind of listen to it maybe in the car willy nilly. You you almost need to write write out dot points as you go because it's just so valuable what they're what they're given to you. But um, yeah, so I totally agree with you now, and I've seconded it thoroughly. So if you guys haven't read it yet, yeah. Think and Grow Rich, excellent read. Or well, I listen to it on Audible, so cheat mode. But <laughs> what, however you get it in, just get it. <laughs> yeah, man, I, and I tell you, like you should see so. my book. My book's just full of post-it notes and highlighted points, and it's a bit torn and tattered now. But it's um, that's something that I, I'll I'll go back and re reread a whole bunch of things because you 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 go over it and you learn something new every single time. But yeah, it is a hundred percent something that you need to really dive into and, and think about what you're reading. It's it's it virtually tells you how to be successful without actually telling you how to be successful but it helps train your brain mm-hmm. sort of thing to to be in that successful mindset and and it's yeah it, it's 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 a given you, you need that book <laughs> so everyone go out and buy it <laughs> <laughs> do not listen to another one of our episodes until you've read that book or oh, man oh, no, i shouldn't say that but <laughs> if you really want to be keep successful then go and read that bloody thing yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Um, <laughs> oh, geez. Well, on that note, I think we've um, chatted your ears enough for this for this week and this episode. So um, we might end it there. But um, any final thoughts, Dean? Man, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of our uh, listeners, new listeners, like everybody. To be honest, the the love and support that we're getting is incredible. And um, yeah, with you guys we couldn't do what we're doing so thank you so much for listening and supporting us and um hopefully you'll keep listening and grow with us because it's bloody awesome i love doing it it's good fun (laughs) i'd have to agree now cheers cheers everyone and um we will see you all in the next episode take care all right see you guys